and today we're uh, continuing Law of One. Uh, we're starting session 82, was received March 27, 1982, uh, 33 years, 35 years ago. We're actually in 2017, so 35 years ago. The, the years keep flying by. This session has 30 exchanges. The first portion is a commentary from Jim and Carla that was added to Book 5 uh, regarding their process and patience and um, dealing with your own stuff. And it's actually very important, and I could probably spend a whole hour just on Carla's comments uh, regarding Ra's comments, regarding their process, regarding... Um, the difference between m working with distorted reactivity versus that distorted reactivity not happening in the first place. And so um, we've talked about that, I have talked about that a lot, and um, we get into that in the first uh, exchanges. After that, the session goes into cosmology and astrology, or astronomy, astronomy and cosmology, <clears throat> and then back to a more deep understanding of um, the dimensional soul evolution up the densities from third forward after the veil in early uh, Logoi, uh, before the veil was is a topic that Don has a lot of interest in and helps us understand what third density without the veil looks like and why there is a veil, what the veil is, which is basically a curtaining of mind in 3D physical incarnation between what's called conscious and unconscious, or subconscious, or matrix and potentiator. And we've gone over that before. So the second half of the session gets more into the veiling uh, process cosmologically and its um, purposes. So, Law of One, Session 82. First, we read commentary from book five what was put into book five jim and then carla jim said Ra mentioned a number of times <clears throat> that impatience is one of the most frequently one of the most frequent catalysts with which the seeker must work when a general outline of the path of evolution is seen it is often too enticing to resist jumping ahead of one's actual place upon the path and making quickly for the goal this was the case for me as I queried about the steps of accepting the self which I had discovered in my own seeking, Ra's suggestion to carefully place the foundation of one's house before hanging the roof seems sound. It brings to mind the old saying, quote, There's never enough time to do a thing right the first time, but there's always time enough to do it over. Um, and he goes on, Note also how any thought and action, when carefully scrutinized, can lead one to the basic distortion, distortions or lessons that one is working on. Thus, any portion of the life experience can be seen as a holographic miniature of the entire incarnational plan for an entity as layer upon layer of meaning is discovered behind the smallest surface of things. As we discovered in Book 4, this is not because the events in our world are naturally filled with layers of meanings, though this is also true, but because we subconsciously color the events in our lives in the way that we have pre-incarnatively decided will provide us with the opportunities to learn what we wish to learn. That's why different people see the same catalyst in different ways, often wildly varying. As we work with these colorations, distortions, reactions, in a conscious manner, we begin to accept ourselves for having them because we begin to see the purpose behind them. This acceptance draws us to the balancing attitudes for our distortion so that our viewpoint expands and we are able to accept and love another portion of the Creator, or part of the Creator, which was previously not accepted and loved. Love, then, is the potential product of any distortion. And uh, very briefly, yeah, of course, impatience is a very common catalyst for us here. 3D space-time uh, has a naturally slow causal um, process, uh, causal um, reaction rate. The, the, the rate of cause and effect is generally slow. That's why there's a term instant karma, 
because it's rare that we do something and immediately uh, karmic consequence occurs. Normally it takes time, and so normally the mind, um, often at least, wants, um, wants consequence um, to, to rapidly follow cause, uh, which it doesn't. And so Jim was talking about that in relation to himself, in relation to accepting um, pro, you know, dynamics of his own psychology that he had a hard time accepting, or they had a hard time dealing with having. And so uh, uh, this idea of um, enticing, it's enticing, it's a temptation to jump ahead of one's actual place on the path. Um, actually, that's what Ra calls by overcoming, that's sometimes called spiritual bypass or bypassing. It's associated with developing particularly six chakra at the expense of healing lower triad blockages, meaning first, second, third chakra blockages, associated with psychopathology, associated with mm, psychological tendencies, um, beliefs, and the feelings and thoughts associated with them that are outside of love or outside of love, wisdom, balance, or outside of truth. Like, I'm such a loser, I'll never uh, be happy. I know everybody's looking at me because they think I'm bad. I'm the greatest guy in the whole world and nobody's where I am. Um, I must have love. I can't stand love. <laughs> I must have relationship. I can't handle relationship. I'll, <laughs> I'm this, I'm that, dot, 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 dot. The whole, mm, the whole nest of overlaid self-image, self-worth issues, beliefs the patterns of thought and feeling and reactivity that come from that, all sorts of things, like the, the catalog of human distortion or the um, profound tangle of uh, psychological self-conception or psychological self-beliefs and, and tendencies that come after that. And um, the point is that we can't stop that stuff from arising, the consequences of those deep blockages or the distortions of mind. We can't stop them from arising. We really shouldn't try to. We can try to stop them. That's called suppression. That's not love. So we can certainly try to suppress, but actually that doesn't help healing. And just because we're not feeling it doesn't mean it isn't there. And so um, it's much better, obviously, to allow and then understand and accept. And if that process goes on steadily, actually the uh, roots to the distortions arising will slowly be cut or dissolved. That's, of course, the value of mindfulness in meditation or samadhi or a spiritual meditative practice to cut the roots of the distortions that we can certainly keep accepting and understanding as they arise. And Don... Uh, Jim talks wisely about what I call a kind of tracing back from the arisen distortion or thoughts and feelings in mind back to their source. And um, he's saying any, any portion of life experience like a holographic miniature of the entire incarnational plan may, I'm not sure about that because, you know, there are all sorts of tendencies that are not um, representative of the totality of an incarnation. But there is layer upon layer of meaning available um, when we trace the manifest back to its causes. And there are countless causes and um, countless reasons uh, for having them you know, arise and countless um, purposes for which we maintain these uh, patterns of psychological complexity they're all maintained because they serve a function to avoid something else or serve a function to give us a sense of self that is protective of some other dynamic that is even more painful to look at. And so um, it's, it's highly complex, <laughs> but surely the goal is um, reached by understanding and acceptance of all that arises and that definitely, as Jim says, is to accept and love another portion of the creation previously not accepted and loved. And so, yes, love is the potential product of a distortion. It's actually the efficient use of distortion catalyst. 
the efficient use of catalyst of distortion, meaning thoughts and feelings associated with psycho psychological complexity or conflict, you know, self-esteem issues, um, dynamics of selfhood, and uh, how we think, what we think we need, what we think we can't take, what we think we must have, what we think we cannot have, preferences, the basis of preference, the psychodynamic basis of preference. Why is it that we seek um, praise and honor and reject blame and dishonor? Why is it that we seek material gain in the first place? It's much more than physical comfort. There's also a self-esteem component too. Why is it that people are aggressive or and or submissive? Why is it that people don't think for themselves? Why is it that people are oversensitive emotionally while other people are insensitive emotionally? Why? Of course, there are countless reasons. And they can all be traced back by uh, sincere seeking to understand. Carla goes on, The course of spiritual seeking is often unclear, and seekers are always looking hopefully for some single point of clarity to hold against the universe as yardstick. Certainly, the remembrance of love itself suffices in this wise, <clears throat> but this resemblance, the remembrance comes slowly when we're caught up in our reactions. We each have these hooks that catch us up, and there is some time that passes before we are reoriented. We wish we were more alert, but we are not always attentive, no matter how abreast of things we hope to be. I like Ra's insistence that we continue to catch ourselves in the act, rather than swinging around in a supposed shortcut that keeps us, keeps us from seeing into why we got caught. Uh, so she said again, I like Ra's insistence that we continue to catch ourselves in the act, rather than swinging around in a supposed shortcut that keeps us from seeing into why we got caught in the first place. It is a real breakthrough for me every time I see myself getting caught. This moment reveals to us that inner distortion we've been looking for. Once we can see the mechanism, we can far more efficiently work on its release. I think the goal here is not to be without error, but to see our errors more clearly. We are human. We will err. It is impossible not to. But we can, slowly, learn ourselves well enough to do the erring during inner processes rather than upon the outer world stage. Perhaps one day all the, quote, buttons from childhood and other traumas might become released and we be clear. And perhaps not. I don't think this matters nearly as much as how much we have loved. So a very lovely passage here for me. Um... I agree quite fully, um, not totally. The course of spiritual seeking is often unclear. The course of spiritual seeking is usually unclear because we don't know what we haven't experienced yet. We don't know the greater freedom we know, we know not. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. We know that there's much we don't know. But we don't know what freedom looks like, necessarily. We don't know what freedom from arising distortion looks like or a truly, you know balanced um, real awareness of self uh, or a an enlightened view of identity we don't know what even uh, excellent psychological health would be <laughs> most psychiatrists psychologists don't don't really know it themselves so as she says yeah often most people are looking for a single point of clarity to hold against the universe as a yardstick like um, this is the answer why do I do this oh I do it because of this well Actually, um, any type of complex motivation has multiple roots and serves multiple purposes and comes from multiple causes. It's not only that it makes me feel good, but a certain thing makes me feel good based on how I think good feeling should be or how I've trained myself to feel good and what I've come to believe is bad or and I shouldn't be and is wrong, what I think I should avoid what I think I should acquire, how I think others should see me, how I think I should see myself, um, or how I see myself in association with how I want others to see me. It goes on and on and on. And these are the hooks that catch us up, meaning unconscious patterns. And like Jung said, or many, making the, uh, making the unconscious conscious is the great work of therapy and healing. 
and that conscious bringing to consciousness what had been previous unconscious comes by being with the distortions and painful thoughts feelings as they arise in the moment that's it as she says it's a breakthrough every time she sees herself getting caught and that's exactly shown as a microcosm in um, Buddhist mindfulness meditation uh, the goal being in this in Anapanasati to keep watching breath or observing the free uncontrolled flow of in- inhalation exhalation sensation of the nose tip as an example and uh, when we get caught in thought um, when we recognize it we go back to the breath drop the thought if we can go back to the breath that's recognizing when we're getting caught or have gotten caught uh, as we do that countless times and return recognize I've forgotten the breath um, I'm lost in thought as Buddha Dasa said uh, lost in thought oh I've forgotten the breath oh I want to go back to the breath okay I go back uh, when that's done um, count, countless multitudinous times the mind learns to actually become disinterested in attachment to thought and feeling and actually enjoy non-grasping attentiveness or mindfulness of breath and everything or anything and rather than fashioning um, the deep roots uh, rather than distortions arising which comes from a thirst for fashioning the thirst for fashioning is quenched by um, enjoyment of samadhi without grasping this is very doable and that's called um, you know seeing it through and seeing through it so we can when we realize that thoughts are empty thoughts and feelings and even beliefs of self are ultimately empty sunya because they arise they pass away and there's really no firm root to it other than um, the, the perpetuation of belief um, in its apparent reality I really think I'm a loser. I really feel superior to other people. The, these um, beliefs that may be discovered at the end of a long inward tracing trail as the cause of certain reactivity to others in relationship or the, the causal root, one of the causal roots, of certain arising thoughts and feelings in the moment like overreactivity. How dare you say that to me? Because, you know, in parentheses, uh, I'm not the person who should ever be, hear such a thing from anyone. Or, um, oh my God, you said that I'm stupid. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm heartbroken or devastated, in parentheses, because um, that's the terrible thing I want no one to know because it's the real truth and I'm really such a loser, as a deep belief. Uh, such deep beliefs themselves are empty. <laughs> they're main, they're ultimately... Um, real simply by force of habit the habit that thinks it's real or it's substantial it's real enough but it isn't metaphysically substantial and Buddhists know what that means and um, most others wouldn't because um, mindfulness is a real investigation into the nature of thought and feeling and, and um, mental process but yeah as she's saying Perhaps um, these so-called buttons or triggers or what leads to our emotional reactivity, emotional reaction, um, perhaps they will never... In fact, the reality is that they are... I mean, she died already. So did Don, and so will you, and so will I. And I assume it's pretty likely that all of us will die without finishing the healing of our reactivity buttons or our triggering buttons. Of course. That's why there's a healing and review after death. Of course, we're all going to die, except if we do profound um, mind-heart purification. We'll all die with some degree of triggerability, hot buttons from childhood and other traumas unhealed. Yes, indeed. Uh, I mean, let's just assume it. <laughs> Anybody who says they're totally clear is, is fooling themselves. Uh, and because the guys who are totally clear don't even talk that way. I've met guys who seem pretty, pretty clear. They never talk that way. They hardly talk about themselves ever. But she's saying, I don't think it matters, and I think that's true. It doesn't matter that we won't clear our unhealed, trigger, hot-button reactivities or potentials 
for distorted reaction. We won't heal it fully before we die, but that's fine. It really matters as to, uh, to me, the only thing that matters is how much we've tried, tried to bring love and understanding to self and other. That's enough, I think. 82-0, we finally launch in. I am Ra. I greet you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Dawn has always asked about Carla. 82-1, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Ra says, it is as previously stated. Don goes on, is there anything at all that we could do we could do that we are not doing to besides eliminating the contact to increase the physical energy of the instrument? So for physical energy levels we're still low, a lot of weakness and issues. Ross said there is the possibility, probability, that the whirling of the water with spine erect would alter somewhat the distortion towards what you call pain at which this entity experiences in the dorsal region on a continuous level. This, in turn, could aid in the distortion towards increase of physical energy to some extent. It doesn't sound like that would have helped so much. Uh, jacuzzi or whirlpool sitting uh, upright uh, could perhaps alleviate dorsal spinal pain. Really, reduction of dorsal spinal pain could, could aid, and doesn't sound like it's too much, to increase physical energy somewhat. And so it is true that continuous pain is physical energy complex draining, sapping. The will to live, the will to do, the, the hope uh, of um, freedom to uh, live, to, to, to manifest one's decisions in the future. Even that hope can be harmed by continuous pain. So Carla was in continuous pain. And... Um, it's really um, kind of uh, sorrowful that, that she had to do that. It's really uh, unfortunate and painful. <laughs> it's really terrible. 82.3, Don goes on, Jim has a personal question which is not to be published. You, he asks, quote, It seems that my balancing work has shifted from more peripheral concerns, such as patience and patience, to learning to open myself in unconditional love, to accepting myself as whole and perfect, and then to accepting myself as the creator. If this is a normal progression of focus for balancing, wouldn't it be more efficient once this is discovered for a person to work on the acceptance of self as creator, rather than work peripherally on the secondary and tertiary results of not accepting the self? Complex formulation. I think what he means is, if the sequence of balancing goes from, quote, peripheral concerns, meaning psychodynamics, <laughs> such as patience and patience, meaning I get impatient a lot, or I get frustrated and angry a lot, or um, I feel restless and uh, self-critical or anxious about my future a lot. These, quote, peripheral concerns, uh, I think, is what he means uh, they're not really peripheral, <laughs> they're central psychodynamic, and they're actually the, the distortions of mind associated with lower chakra blockage. To the progression being, he writes, which is true, learning to open self in unconditional love, accepting myself, accepting self as whole and perfect, very much associated with atmanic awareness, whole and, complete and whole and perfect, the awareness of higher self, then to accepting myself as a creator. That that could be called a normal progress of focus for balancing, or the the progress progression of um, balancing from body mind spirit. Um, once we know that that's the progression, why don't we just leap to the top and and go right to the head, uh, the summit, the head, the the Godhead working of self is creator, acceptance of self as creator. Uh, why not? And it's a great question. But bear in mind that uh, if you keep framing it as myself, then you're undercutting, because there is no my to own a self. There is a sense of self, there is a sense of identity, but the <clears throat> there is no substantial owner to that sense of identity. It's the sense of identity, or God, <laughs> it's God that experiences this, um, this complex and... Um, evanescent sense of identity, not my. Ra answers, the term efficiency, 
meaning Don, Don, Jim had asked, wouldn't it be more efficient once it's discovered that that's the progression for a person to work on the highest level, meaning acceptance of self as greater, than work on secondary, tertiary, the, the lower levels. And Ra is saying, in terms of your term efficiency, the term efficiency has misleading connotations in the context of doing work in the disciplines of the personality. In order to be more, uh, to be of more full efficiency in the central acceptance of the self, it is first quite necessary to know the distortions of the self which the entity is accepting. Each thought and action must uh, needs must then be scrutinized for the precise foundation of the distortions of any reactions. This process shall lead to the more central task of acceptance. However, the architrave must be in place before the structure is builded. Architrave is from Greek, which means door frame, is actually a beam that rests on the capitals of the columns of a door or an entranceway or columns, you know, in, in, a, in a hall. It's a, um, it can be applied to all sides, including the vertical members, like the columns up and down, but generally it's associated with a framing the top of a door, window, or rectangular opening. And I'll give you the Wikipedia, but it's really not that important, because uh, at the top of... It's, it's that which links two columns at the top, or frames a, a, a passageway with two columns on either side going vertically. It's the top and so you can call it a foundation, but it's actually at the top of the capital, the two columns of the capitals, their head, not their feet. And um, it's in some ways, it, it, as, as Jim said, it's really associated with building the roof, but it's certainly foundational to building um, structures that go from, that go vertical. It's, it's a foundational anchoring at the top, <laughs> it's a top-wise securing of vertical columns or frame uh, frames in in building a structure, including a doorway or a passageway. Anyway, it's foundational um, or structurally stabilizing, and so this architrave in place um, is. Um, knowing the distortions of self which the entity is accepting. <laughs> if you don't know your, your stuff, you can't truly love and accept it. And so spiritual bypass means if I just stay in the jhana, or if I just stay chanting Guru's name in my kirtan, in my bliss in the temple, um, I'm free of distortion, right? Not right. And so... That's why uh, throughout the centuries, um, adepts were tested by their teachers, throwing them into difficult situations to see um, their reactivity, to uh, expose their latent distortions shown by uh, emotional charge or reactivity trigger triggering um, of the disciple in the difficult situation. Then that reactivity would be traced back to its roots which may be core belief of self, like, how dare you do this? I'm not a person who deserves everything, anything like that, so I can't stand um, blame and dishonor. Or, uh, you know, I, I need uh, maximal gain and pleasure all the time. Or I feel sad without pleasure and gain, and I don't want to face the roots of my sorrow. No, it's very deep stuff. But... Um, it is spiritually bypassing to just do these higher um, practices, which are similar to affirmation. Self is whole and complete and perfect. And then you brainwash yourself by repeating that endlessly. That doesn't necessarily work on lower chakra blockages. Ross said again, looking, working on six chakra activation, like meditation, does not itself un uh, unblock um, lower triad blockages. They must be worked on seriatim, from red ray upwards, which really means a willingness to work, to, to accept, to face fully, to fully face um, anger and aversion complex derivatives, 
uh, greed or desire or longing and sorrow associated with grasping and um, desire complex and ignorance or anxiety and fear and panic and dread and avoidance and uh, tripping ourselves up on our feet tendencies of, of great confusion or, or patterns of great confusion about certain issues my mind blanks out I don't want to go there all that stuff actually ha uh, has to rise to consciousness and will and if we avoid and suppress and uh, try to overpass with even with spiritual practice like these positive affirmations or these higher learnings um, the blockages remain and so that's each thought and action you know we trace the, 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 the action that has bad consequences comes from thought and belief that is distorted generally one can then trace back from the painful consequence or my painful life situation to the causes how I co-created it to the beliefs that are associated with how why I did the actions that led to these unpleasant consequences and then why it is I even have certain beliefs and have certain desires or avoidance that led to the actions that led to these uh, painful consequences that's tracing it back and so um, that is the scrutiny of the precise foundation of the distortions of any reactions meaning we have our reactivity what are the underlying distortions what are the foundations of the causes which are generally mistaken core beliefs not always but generally you can find them deeply inside going on and I can't <laughs> so there's the first half of the hour on three questions but it's worth uh, it's very important work far far more important than um, you know um, the theory of um, of higher dimensional uh, transport or something or UFO ET history is, is what is um, the way of uh, self-healing and balancing by truly what are what are the mechanics of bringing love and acceptance to our painful uh, reactions and and um, emotional charge in the moment and to the extent that a person wants to avoid pain which we all do to the extent that we follow that pain avoidance um, we simply bury the the causal the causal basis of the distortions further down 82.4 Don says thank you I would like to consider the condition at a time or position you might say if time is a bad word just prior to the beginning of the octave of experience I am this is before the octave not just the veil I'm assuming that just prior to the beginning of this octave intelligent infinity had created and already experienced one or more previous octaves is this correct so now we're talking about prior to the beginning of this particular octave that we find ourselves in Ross said you assume correctly however the phrase would more informatively read infinite intelligence had experienced previous octaves Don had said <clears throat> um, intelligent infinity had created and already experienced um, Ra instead of saying intelligent infinity writes reads it as in infinite intelligence because um, the the you know uh, the the high the, the most abstract or the this essential identity of Godhead is intelligence or awareness intelligence is not even the great word but <clears throat> intelligent awareness or sentience infinite sentience infinite awareness which is infinitely intelligent is the identity of the one infinite creator and Ra pulled out the word created and already experienced uh, they pulled out the words created and already so you can say that octaves are created but Ra said you're just dancing thoughts and so creation is actually um, a, a thought projection in the mind of infinite intelligence so that's why Ra struck the words uh, created and already <laughs> um, yes 
So instead of saying intelligent infinity, Ra turned it to infinite intelligence, which is, you know, infinite awareness that has boundless intelligence. Um, yes, it experienced with a D in an apparent past tense, because if we're talking temporally, okay, in the realm of apparent creation, there is apparent linear uh, temporality or time, so that's why we can put a D after the word experience, D. Uh, and okay, because of that we can say it's previous, quote. But we Ross struck the word already, because um, what is temporally prior or previous is fully alive now, too. Temporally previous, essentially simultaneous. Uh, from infinite awareness, intelligence, in fact, that was a term used by some channeling, infinite awareness. Very interesting channeling from the 80s and 90s, from Oregon. Uh, from the perspective of in infinite intelligence or intelligent infinity or Godhead, the absolute source of all, um, what, what we consider past, present, future, linear, linear temporality time is all now. And so that's why I think Ross struck the term uh, already. The, 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 the infinite intelligence didn't already experience it. It's experiencing it all now too and didn't create it, but rather thought projected it. Because it's not a physical building, you're not living in a material universe, you are dancing thoughts, said he. So, uh, that's just uh, nitpicking. 82.5, Don goes on, Does Ra have any knowledge of the number of previous octaves, and if so, how many? Ra said, As far as we are aware, we are in an infinite creation, there is no counting. And that's... <laughs> oh... So, there was not just one octave before and another octave to go. There are previous, in, infinite regression of octaves and progression or procession of octaves before, now, and tomorrow, or all are now, all previous octaves, all future octaves, all exist now, or all, an infinite number of octaves exist, with an infinite number of beings having an infinite experience of infinity in the appearance of infinity. So <laughs> the contemplation of infinity is um, very useful for particularly head chakra, head chakras activation. 82.6, that's what I thought you might say. Don goes on, am I correct in assuming that at the beginning of this octave, out of what I would call a void of space, the seeds of an infinite number of galactic systems, such as the Milky Way galaxy, appeared and grew in spiral fashion simultaneously. Uh, so at the beginning of this octave, out of a void, seeds of infinite number of galaxies, galactic systems such as Milky Way, appeared out of the void, and then grew in spiral fashion simultaneously. Seems pretty, you know, right and deep, but Ross says, 82.6, there are duple, meaning two, there are duple areas of potential confusion. Firstly, let us say that the basic concept is reasonably well stated. Now we address the confusion. Ra's just like Mr. Spock, you know. Now I understand why I really had a feeling for Mr. Spock. It's because um, I love Ra. And Ra, the Venusians, you know. Spock comes from Vulcan, and the Vulcan and the Venusians, they uh, both came from a place called, starting with a V, hmm, could, this, could Star Trek's Vulcans be Ra's Venusians? Mm hmm. So, now we address the confusion. Ra goes on. The nature of true simultaneity is such that, indeed, all is simultaneous. However, in your modes of perception, you would perhaps more properly view the seeding of the creation as that of growth from the center or core outward. The second confusion lies in the term void. We would substitute the, the noun plenum. My dear friend Mark Cummings, who has disappeared and was disappeared, always used the term plenum. And um, the plenum is the basis of zero-point energy, or free energy, or which is intelligent energy, 
which Tesla knew, which is um, the infinite energy available uh, in apparently empty space. And so the plenum, it's a beautiful, I believe it's Greek, is a sort, of, sort of like the root of the word plenty or plenitude, the plenum, plenary session, uh, all in full, allness and fullness of power, of energy, of potential. So um, reality is true simultaneity, although we have limited perception, doors of perception not quite cleansed, is, quote, our modes of perception, um, which is, um, you know, apparently separative space and apparently linear time, or experience sequential, uh, experiencing apparent sequentiality uh, with apparent um, subject-object spatial um, uh, solidity or separation, meaning I'm here and you're there. That's the illusion of time-space. That's the result of limited perception. That's not reality, but it's um, a fashioning of infinity into limited um, uh, limited experience uh, based on limited perception. And we're all saying everything's really simultaneous, and um, rather than uh, seeds appearing simultaneously, Ra's saying seeding is a growth from the center or core outward. So the, the core or outward, however, does appear in spiral fashion, spiral galaxies. So it's just a very minor point. And again, void is more properly called plenum because it's not, a mis it's not an empty space. It's an um, infinitely full realm that just doesn't have matter. It is prior to an octave. Age of seven, Don goes on. Then, if I were observing the beginning of the octave at that time through a telescope, say from this position, would I see the center of many, many galaxies appearing and each of them spreading outward in a spiral condition over what we'd call or consider billions of years, but the, the spiral spreading out outward in approximately what we would consider the same rate, so that all these galaxies began as the first speck of light at the same time, and then spread out in roughly the same rate of spreading. Is this correct? This is a very um, linear spatial, you know, time-space, linear spatial biased um, conception or view, which is very totally reasonable, but not quite, I think, what Ra will say. Ra says, the query has confusing elements, there is a center to infinity. From this center, all spreads. Therefore, there are centers to the creation, to the galaxies, to star systems, to planetary systems, and to consciousness. In each case, you may see growth, growth from the center outward. Thus, you may see your query as being overgeneral in concept. So, it you know, Ra is not talking about uh, spiraling. Ra's not talking about approximately the same rate. Ra's not talking about um, many, um, many points all appearing, although that's may been what it could have looked like. They're not talking about spreading outwards um, exactly in the same way Don does, but it's similar. There's a center to infinity. And so, in a void of no thing uh, prior to an octave, that infinity yet could be called, uh, could, could be considered to have a center. Uh, surely there's a center to uh, a spiral galaxy, uh, this galactic center. And the sun is a star system, and planetary system. Um, what's the difference between star system and planetary system? I don't know, but you can say that they're you know the the, the um, north 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 pole south pole axis <clears throat> may be the center of a planet or the core of a planet could be called the center I guess. Uh, likewise, the sun and a star system it has its own axes and a sun. Same thing with a galaxy as a galactic center, big bang place and um, an axis of rotation and expansion. Likewise, consciousness too. 
And when we talk about the tarot, I think we're talking significantly uh, the seven chakras are is a sevenfold expression of the center of consciousness. Uh, my body, the seven chakras mm, conceptualized as my body spirit is another way of um, expressing the center of uh, octavic consciousness expressed through mind body spirit complex or mind body spirit being this totality complex meaning us or mind body spirit complex as body higher self as mind and totality complex as spirit the the, the triadic octavic self the triadic self uh, in the octave as a center of logoic consciousness in the octave uh, as a sub logo sub sub logos of higher self being the center of that uh, so but there's always growth from the center outward <laughs> and um, Rod didn't get into some of the, the details of spiraling uh, but they have spoken of spir spoken about spiraling later 82 8 considering Don goes on considering only our Milky Way galaxy at its beginnings I will assume that the first was the first occurrence the that we could find presently with our physical apparatus was the first occurrence the appearance of a star of the nature of our sun or dot 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 and so he's really trying to uh, understand um, cosmogenesis you know uh, metaphysical cosmogenesis in astronomical terms uh, from physical third density visual perspective and Ross says, in the case of the galactic systems, the first manifestation of the Logos is a cluster of central systems which generate the outward swirling energies, producing, in their turn, further energy centers for the Logos, or what we would call stars. So we can understand um, octavic metaphysical cosmogenesis uh, from a visual third density perspective um, in the case of a galaxy as a home for an octave or as a manifestation of intelligent infinity into an octave uh, what appears the first manifestation of the logos meaning galactic and because the, the intelligent infinity or infinite intelligence doesn't manifest it's pre-manifestation pre-manifestation and so the first manifestation is Logos, and that's called the word, or the name. The word, the name of, <laughs> the name of uh, Intelligent Infinity, or the name of the Heavenly Father, is the Logos, and that's the word. So the word Logos, meaning word, is the name of the Heavenly Father, uh, and that's the true Son, S-O-N, and the basis of the Son, S-U-N or light, or intelligent energy, which comes to the seven rays. Uh, and so that's, um, you know, two points in the trinity, in um, metaphysical cosmogenetic trinitarianism. Hey, hey, such big words. So, yeah, first what does appear can be seen to be a cluster of central systems, and so it's not just one little point, it's a multiple points arising simultaneously as a cluster, that generates outward swirling energies, you know, like what appears to be what galactic nurseries, this kind of thing. What some science, some astronomers have found, swirling, outward moving, moving from a center, producing further energy centers. So it's a star, you know, a star nursery, <laughs> galactic center, multiple clusters that generate multiple uh, additional suns that also keep spreading out, spiraling and expanding from center outwards. 82.9. Are these central original creations a cluster of what we would call stars then? Ross said, this is correct. So, galactic star clusters at galactic, uh, galactic center star clusters radiating, expanding, and producing um, eventually the stars that populate a galaxy. Raza, this is correct. However, the closer to the, shall we say, beginning of the manifestation of the Logos, the star is, the more it partakes in the one original thought. And so, the one original thought 
is different than the original desire is that the entity is that entities seek and become one that's the original desire perhaps the original thought is all is one <laughs> or uh, let there be light but uh, the original thought surely is um, the sentience of intelligent infinity or infant intelligence its intelligence awareness I think is akin to what Ra uses the one original thought which is a very I must say it's a very simplifying way of talking about the mind of infinity to say the one original thought had one thought what's that the thought affinity maybe the realization that there is potential affinity maybe the one original thought is the potential for an experience of apparent affinity which is um, not real okay anyway um, at the center or closer to the center of a galaxy those star clusters or what become proto stars or quasi you know um, neo neo stars new stars um, are very much not yet uh, distinct in awareness from infinite intelligence they're not they couldn't necessarily be called solar logoi or even galactic perhaps anyway these are very minor points 8210 why does this partaking in the original thought have a gradient radially outward that's the way I understand your statement it, Don is a physicist and that's an interesting way of looking at it a gradient radially and outward and a radial uh, an outward radial gradient hey hey meaning more or less uh, what partaking of the original thought or partaking of intelligent infinity or intelligent infinity intelligent or infinite intelligence that infinite infinity of awareness is partaken um, more or less uh, according to a gradient in the expand in the radial expansion outward from the central point or central star central star cluster points okay why and Ross says this is the plan of the one infinite creator <laughs> it's just the plan this is the plan of the one infinite creator the one original thought and now we get capitals the one original thought is the harvest of all previous if you would use this term experience of the creator by the creator as it decides to know itself it generates itself into that plenum full of the glory and the power of the one infinite creator which is manifested to your perceptions as space or outer space each generation of this knowing begets a knowing which has the capacity through free will to choose methods of knowing itself therefore gradually step by step the creator becomes that which may know itself and the portions of the creator partake less purely in the power of the original word or thought this is for the purpose of refinement of the one original thought the creator does not properly create as much as it experiences itself and that's um, why Ross struck the word created previous octave from the previous question from Don it uh, creation is trans creative it's actually um, true simultaneity self-experiential uh, truly simultaneous self-experiencing is um, um, a, a more complete understanding of how the Creator um, manifests and experiences what we call creation so creation has a temporal connotation of course there's pre-creation post-creation early creation mid-stage late creation but and and so the flow of uh, sequence being time the experience of time uh, temporality as the basis for the concept of creation and Ra is saying it isn't temporal it's truly simultaneous and the creator is simultaneously experiencing uh, all that is that appears to be created and temporal but actually is a um, simultaneous projection uh, that from that within it 
seems temporal and linear, but is really truly simultaneous. So every moment of every past life exists fully right now. Every moment of every future life exists right now and exists for us available to know right now. In fact, every moment of every being in every galaxy, in every past life and present and future of every being, every moment uh, is available to be known right now. That's infinite intelligence, or infinite, in, infinite intelligence knows that now, not yesterday or tomorrow, even though it's an experience of what beings in those uh, cre so-called created realms experiences yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So why does it happen radially? Well, it's just the plan. Now, one original thought here is defined as harvest of all previous octaves, or previous experience of creator by creator. So everything is creator. So everything is experience of creator by creator. Okay, fine. The original thought, as here, the harvest of all previous experiences, <clears throat> meaning apparently previous apparent creations, the apparently previous creations, meaning octaves, um, you can say is the basis for any apparently succeeding octave, even though it's only apparently succeeding but it's really simultaneous to what we call previous. It's also, you know, the previous and the current and the successive uh, future octaves are really simultaneously experienced by the one infinite now and alive fully for knowing now. Um, if you call the harvest from what appeared before the one original thought, okay, it's fine. Um, and it's simply the plan that that um, light or logoi closer to a galactic uh, central um, creative source, a, a the center points of cosmogenesis, um, the 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 light, the the proto logoi, the proto logoi, <laughs> the the neo, you know, the new and proto logoi that'll become in t apparent time the stars of a galaxy, as they emerge from star cluster center points, uh, partake more of intelligent infinity, or one original thought, or non-differentiated uh, awareness, awareness without differentiation, that happens more further out, um, beyond, you know, from um, those galactic star clusters at the center. Okay. And so, as uh, one seeks to know itself more, it generates itself into the plenum. So, infinity um, occupies, the, the infinity further occupies its own plenum <laughs> by um, the, uh, the apparent creation of, of cosmogenesis. So, cosmogenesis is the one infinite filling itself out in form by intelligent energy into the plenum of itself, into its own being. So infinite space is infinite plenum potentia, full of glory and power. Um, manifest to our perception as space or outer space or empty space, empty outer space is really the plenum of infinity pre-cosmogenesis or pre-manifestation of forms of the seven rays. Then each generation of the knowing begets uh, further knowing, but there is a stepping down or a um, gradient, as Don said, um, of increasing differentiation from infinity to what we call galactic and solar logoi. So portions of the creator partake less purely in the power of the original word or thought <laughs> it's not a word, you know, it's not like, oh, I mean, the original word, you want to call it Om, okay, or Pranava, okay, fine, but it's trans-conceptual, <laughs> it's, the only, uh, the, the concept is finite, and source is infinite, so to call it a word or a thought, which are intrinsically dualistic and limited, is, seems a little bit unhelpful, but, hey, I'm not the teacher here, so, the power of infinity is partaken successively less so by um, a, as there's radial expansion 
uh, from galactic star cluster center points um, as infinity as the infinite one uh, spreads itself into uh, you know precipitates into the plenum of its being Pre- precipitates form or seven ray form into uh, the plenum of its own infinity which uh, appears to be empty but is really um, full of the power and the glory of the one 80 to 11 I'm going to end pretty soon here Don asks what was the form, condition or experience of the first division of consciousness that occurred at the beginning of this octave at the beginning of this galactic experience meaning the first I guess form manifestation of consciousness Ross said we touched upon previous material the harvest of the previous octave, now we're talking about octave to octave, was the creator of love manifest in mind, body, and spirit. This form of the creator experiencing itself may perhaps be seen as the first division. And that's where we're going to end for today because the next exchange is a monster, 8212. And so this is super, you know, metaphysical cosmology, esoteric. If we call the first division of consciousness, um, the first differentiation by um, infinity into a solar logos, or uh, of intelligent infinity, infinite intelligence, differentiating into galact, into into uh, logoi uh, an octave. This octave of Galactic and solar and sub sub logoi, right? Galactic, solar, and sub sub higher self logoi. That appearance of logoi and octave structure and function, <laughs> form and substance. Um, you know, time and space versus agency. Actually, uh, love versus light love being the logoi, light being the octaves, one way of cutting it. Um, The harvest from the previous so-called octave, so-called previous octave, um, was what this quote, creator of love, meaning, I think, uh, logos as love light godhead, Um, yet one step down from infinity. Uh, Logos as creator of love, where what was the previous octave more associated with will and the next a light? It's hard to say, but there is perhaps um, a triadism between this octave and the so-called previous and the so-called next one. But this, the triadic manifestation of Logos, now we're talking about Logos as... um, you know, infinity made the name of infinity. <laughs> the name, word, flesh of infinity being the principle of Logos. Um, it, uh, in this octave, gave birth to a triadism. Or triadism is natural as the result of so-called previous octave distillation learning. So the pre- from the previous octave we end up now with the principle of triadism. Mind, body, spirit. Will, love, light. Spirit complex, higher, uh, or the spirit, uh, uh, infinity, you know, totality complex, seven. Higher self, six. And mind, body, spirit complex evolving three to six. Uh, This uh, triadism, which is consubstantial, course, as Arya said, Father, Son, Holy Ghost are one, uh, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva are one, um, the three laws, three rays of will, power, uh, love, and intelligent activity are one, the three is one, the one in motion, the, th- the one in motion is the three, the three is simply the one in activity, the 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 potentia, the potentiation of the one is the three. Meaning the three is an appearance of the one in the process of self-potentiation. It's not 
other than the one. It is the one simply in the form of a three while the one is in the process of endless self-potentiation, therefore arising, persisting, and passing away, or power, sentience, and form. So um, the, the harvest of the previous octave, if we want to say previous, for the logoic principle, galactic, solar, and atmanic, is, I would say, the principle of, of triad, triadism as applied to structure and function in the creation and operation of the octave. This form, meaning the principle of triadism or trinity, this form of the creator experiencing itself may be seen to be the first division um, or the bedrock principle uh, of this octave uh, as distinct from the last one as being the distilled gain learning harvest from the last one that is a core principle here uh, the principle of three so <laughs> on such a high note uh, completely irrelevant to 3D space-time life more or less or at least getting my lunch uh, we'll end here next time we'll start at 82.12 and uh, <laughs> as usual we'll probably take three weeks for this session so I hope it was helpful it's um, completely <laughs> divorced from affairs of the day but um, good for your head and um, I hope it was useful to you I hope you enjoyed I enjoyed uh, please take good care of yourself see you next time and good night